back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Bustin' Header Podcast. I am Chris, a.k.a. Not the Fake Webby, and I am joined, as always, by Jake, a.k.a. Halbertius, a.k.a. Hal. It's good to be back. Hal goes it. Boo. That, was that a pun? Oh. Ew. You can't see my face, people, but it's, uh, I assure you I'm rightfully disgusted. It sounds about, or it looks about the way it sounds. He's very not happy. It's not great. No, it's not just the Oberon I think you just drank. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's time for warm weather, goddammit, and I'm going to bring it in any way I can. Uh, and summer <laughs> beer seems to be a good way to start. It's a beautiful uh, 70 degrees down here in D.C., in case you're wondering. Uh, it is currently 33 in, in uh, <laughs> West Side, Michigan. Um, it rained this morning, it snowed this afternoon, then it rained again. Uh, it's been cold, it's been wet. It's pretty miserable. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I want to go outside. I'm really ready for like the first like 70, 75 degree days to like hit. It, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been rough. <laughs> that sounds like a poor life. Shut up. All right. Good news. We have great basketball to watch. Wait, nope. That's not the case. No, no, not, not really. No. Uh, <laughs> Do you want to jump right in with the tankathon? Uh, we might Tank-watch. as we might as well. Third place today. I haven't checked what the. Uh, I, I got to check the. Um, uh, the so current standings because you know this could change minute by minute as as. Uh, I don't know if the other guys are playing today. They so are not. I know. I was there to watch the Magic lose last night um, against the Wizards. They were up by like twelve at one point, and I'm like secretly like, "Come on, Magic, <laughs> pull it out!" But uh, the. Uh, the Michigan professional basketball team could not get it done. Mm. Um, Rough life. But I believe Detroit is a game behind in the loss column. So if we lose as expected to the 76ers, uh, which is at halftime as we record this, and they're keeping it close, um, if we lose this, we'll be tied up there with them. Because I believe Houston is off tonight as well. Correct. So the, the Pistons can only tie. They currently have a game in hand, and it's this game. Uh, just a loss behind. So, yep. Game in hand. The race. Behind, the race so. stays tight. I think the Pistons. I think I. I should have checked this beforehand. I think they have the hardest record remaining of the three. But yeah, the Pistons have a lot of a lot of losses in their future. From what I. Had I think they play the Sixers seeing. again. I think they play, uh, Milwaukee one more time. The big one, like I said last week, is going to be tomorrow at OKC. Uh, right, yeah. That is going to be a tankapalooza. Uh, but then at the Pacers, who might be trying somewhat. And then probably bad. Mavs, Bucks at 76ers. Yeah. The Pacers will have at least. So probably one I win, know. I think, in there, maybe. Yeah. So probably There's end probably of the season 21 and. What is that, 61? The crucial thing is don't get two more wins, including against the Thunder. Yes. If you lose to the Thunder, then go bananas. Because I don't think. I think we're going to out-tank the Magic or the Rockets, but just don't let the uh, don't let the Thunder pass us. It's the main thing at the moment for me. And hey, if Poku wants to have a 40-point game, I ain't going to stop hey. it. I ain't going to stop That's my fantasy boy right now. I'm in the championship. <laughs> He's on my bench. I probably won't need him now that Paul George has come back and will hopefully grace me with uh, some more great games. But Boy, he looks good. I'm happy he's yep. back. I love Paul George. Just came back in and he's ready to go. That was, I don't know. I obviously had a vested interest with fantasy this entire time, but I was like, yes, I understand it's like a weird injury, especially for an NBA player to have, but 
they're going to make the playoffs. Like, that team is good enough. They're going to find their way in. And if they're going to be in the playoffs, he's probably going to come back at some point. Kawhi, I was hesitant about because Kawhi is Kawhi. Mm-hmm. And you never really know what he's about to do. Like, he could come back tomorrow. He could... He Literally, any, I don't NBA hear game. Kawhi Leonard's name at all. <laughs> like, at yep. all. It's like... Paul George might come back. And, like, did you remember that Kawhi Leonard exists? And I'm like, honestly, no. Like, I did not. I did not remember that Kawhi Leonard existed, like, all season. I haven't seen him play basketball since he got hurt. And it's been weird because I feel like he's been hurt. And then on the other times, it's kind of been on that, like, somewhat underperforming Clippers team. So it's been a weird couple years for Kawhi. Yeah. To say the least, I think. And he's, like, so clearly not who he was before the leg injury started sapping some of his juice, so it's just it's just been a really weird thing. All right, so move on. Uh, I think last time we talked, they were uh, they the team was playing Atlanta. I think I think that was another yep. mid game pod. So they did end up beating Atlanta, <laughs> a loss to your beloved Wizards, uh, a loss to the Knicks, a loss to the Nets, which puts Detroit at uh, twenty and fifty six on the season. Pending and I also feel like tonight. making a making a note of saying these losses that we've been having have been close games for the most part. Good games. This isn't the Pistons team getting blown out by forty. Finally, every, every game's been close. Took sixty so. games to get there, but yeah, they they finally look like a team. Yep, they've been very competitive down the stretch despite losing a lot of games. So that's what we like to see. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll get to the uh, to the details of the games, but I guess you want to get your injury roundup out of the way first. Yep, sure thing. So we're going to start off. Hami is out for the year. It's finally been confirmed with his avulsion fracture. I got that down. Mm-hmm. I think I do. Uh, Jeremy, no surprise, out for the year with a calf strain. That is, calf strain. That is now confirmed as well, which also another fantasy player of mine. J- Jeremy, out for year. Beats. Text from GM, your leg hurts. <laughs> <laughs> your leg hurts. Stay home today. <laughs> it's just kind of like... Go, go sit over here, bud. D- DNP uh, too good. Livers had a concussion, is now clear, question mark. I, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I put well. that in because he, he was out the last uh, game or two, but uh, he's playing tonight, so they cleared yeah, him. Did, actually, did we talk about that last week? I can't remember if we did. I honestly do not remember. I don't know how long did that? I don't, from pod to pod, <laughs> uh, man, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> In the span of a week, do you know how many things, like, make and break my brain? Like, it's reformed more often than, like, uh, Sandman. Just, like, just like melts down and builds back up whole new shape. That's good to know. That's interesting. I don't even know what to say after, off of that. Disgusting. <laughs> I guess the other really bad news is is poor Chris Smith, the, the two-way player mm-hmm. that's been playing with the, uh, with the Cruz, has re-injured his left ACL. That is the ACL he tore in college. Uh, so he'll be out, you know, that's a, that's a nine month recovery plus. And, uh, and I feel like I saw that tweet. Was that an injury that occurred a while ago and they're just now like, yeah, they, they've been, they've been nursing it for a while and then he, he had to get surgery. So I don't know if it just didn't present as a tear on the scans or or what was going on there, but that's a rough one. Cause you know, I, I don't know if that kid's going to get into the league now that he's, you know, two knee injuries back to back. It's it's gonna be tough to get Being a foothold. So, yeah. was that was that Livers walking in with the Sadiq Bay Villanova jersey? Yes, I'm guessing there was there was a bet there between uh, Livers and Sadiq. Yeah, we got the, the we got John Beeline and the Nova 
outfit as well last week. I missed that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that hurts. That that one stings a little bit. All right, continuing out with the news, uh, injury news specifically, but this time of the NBA as a whole, it feels like. Uh, so this is more on the good side. Um, well, first one, depending on how you look at it, Kyrie can now play home games again. I don't know. We had talked about that in the last pot of news, right? I think I had mentioned that halfway through that that is now official. Another I one of my it fantasy broke guys. Pod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it did. I was talking about that. Well, it broke, but we weren't quite sure if it was like, is he? Does it really mean? And then it kind of did about halfway through. So, uh, so Kyrie's back. Paul George is back, which we already kind of talked about a bit. Um, and then Anthony Davis is hopefully back tomorrow, is the current news in that. So, but LeBron has a sprained uh, ankle, so the Lakers suck still. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's rough. I uh, I want nothing more than the Spurs to take that last playoff spot <laughs> or last whatever playing spot. I am so fascinated by what this offseason looks like for LeBron. I have no idea, yeah. none whatsoever. Anything is on the anything is on the table. Yeah. Like, <laughs> You can say just about anything. And I will note some of the things that are going on is a lot of different players are now declaring for the draft. I saw today uh, Ivy and Jonathan Davis have both officially declared for the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, not really any big surprise nope. there. Also, while we're on the draft, Tankathon has changed uh, and dropped Paolo out of Tier 1, and I'm upset. That's so. bullshit. But Tankathon yeah. is weird. I, I don't really know who does their tiers. I don't, I don't know who the... the... Kind of the scout behind it. I don't know if they just do it purely by stats. I, I don't know, but yeah, I, I think it's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, remember last year, they didn't have Cade number one, cause, uh, and the Tankathon account would be like, well, it's a lot of turnovers, guys. And it'd be like, yeah, shut up. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's like, this no. is an extremely bad take. Stop. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I think the worst, even worse than that, is that we have Paolo now in the same tier as Keegan Murray, which is outrageous. If you want to say he's with Ivy and Griffin, like, I'm not too upset i disagree with it but i'm like all right fair take like the the number one thing you should be able to do is be like hmm i have watched paolo and aj griffin in the same game literally every game paolo plays and paolo's just like obviously better Mm -hmm. so how are they in the same tier (laughs) like like there's no logic whatsoever behind that like if if you're gonna say that like you at least have to knock aj griffin down tier, and i love aj griffin uh but like, there's just no logic there whatsoever. If if and if you can't make that distinction, if you if you watch the games and you don't know that, uh, you you should not be doing draft content because you clearly can't evaluate. Like, mm. bad. All right. So continuing on, the other big notes I would say in the NBA has happened. Uh, the Suns have clinched the best record, which they've kind of just ran away with that, especially with Steph Curry's uh, injury. Uh, so. Congratulations to the Suns. We will see if they get uh, blessed with the Lakers team in, in the first round of the playoffs or not. But uh, regardless, <laughs> they definitely proved that they weren't just kind of like a one-hit wonder last year. They're, they're one of my favorite teams stuff. in the league. They're just like the platonic ideal of like a good basketball team. Like I just I really I'm enjoy there. that there's just like two really good guards, one of whom is like one of the best point guards of all time. Uh, you know, good wing play, a good center... They play, like, beautiful basketball. They play really high, well-executed basketball. They play both ends of the floor. Just, like, the ideal-looking basketball team. Not necessarily guaranteed to be the best basketball team, but just, like, this is what basketball looks like if you imagine a good basketball team in your head. I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's always fun to see. And last thing, 
the this league game of the week uh, is from a different league. Uh, it's <laughs> that league UNC game of Saturday the week. night. Like, there, there's no other basketball game that matters more than this one in probably the entire year. It's Duke UNC playing to go to the championship game for the first time in it's, the tournament in Coach K's tenure. Yeah, it is. I <laughs> I want to drive down to like North Carolina just to just see just the pure tension in that state right now that oh i cannot imagine being a fan either way if that was michigan michigan state you would just never you wouldn't hear from me my phone would just from saturday until if michigan state lost till who knows when probably the year after you would not hear from me at all there'd be nothing radio silence so speaking that of Michigan, Michigan State, how, how how do you feel now that we're a couple of weeks away from the tournament? How do you feel about about the the MSU season as a whole? I mean, as a whole, I was actually I mean, we got twenty wins. We did a lot of good things. We had one rough stretch. I think it's kind of categorized the season, but I don't I don't know. As a whole, I was pretty happy with kind of how we played. We lost to the teams that we should have lost to all year, excluding that one stretch. And, like, you lose to Duke, a team that goes to the Final Four and is probably the favorites for the championship. Like, you can't be upset about it. We almost had them. I <laughs> So, like, I'm not upset about it. It wasn't my favorite year. and But regardless, I think we made some Was it better or worse than for... you expected going in? I think it was better. It was slightly better than I expected yeah? going in. Okay. I mean, if you look at where we left off last year, it was brutal. We'd <laughs> scrape by just to even make the play-in game. And... Like, that team, there was not much going on. So, this one at least, we come into the offseason with some interesting players. We got, like, an A.J. Hogard who's really developing. Uh, Hall looks like he's taken, like, a half step forward. Uh, Marbles looks like he's an actual, like, going to be a good player. We got, I feel like, and we got a couple really good freshmen that look like they'll be coming back. So, that's kind of the nice thing. Um, sad to see Gabe Brown, uh, even if he was so... Frustrating and inconsistent, especially uh, down on that midway stretch where we just slumped hard. Uh, but kind of sad to see him and Binga both go. Have they announced? Uh, and forego their, like, COVID year. They're, they're gone? Have they? Uh, Gabe was announced a couple days ago. Uh, uh, Chris, or Christy. Uh, Bingham? Bingham announced it today. Okay, like, so they, they are ago. definitely gone then? Because Michigan's, yep, still, waiting on Michigan's still waiting on... Uh, um, Officially, word from Johns. I think Brandon Johns, who could come back. I don't really want him to. Uh, yeah. And then you. I don't know how I feel about Hauser. I'm like he actually kind of showed something a little bit down the stretch, but who knows what we'll be getting next. You year. You guys don't have anyone other than maybe Max Christie. There's nobody that might leak out to the draft, right? Yeah, yeah I'm not. Christie could, but I wouldn't expect if it. Michigan's got a waiting on on Diabate, Houston, and Dickinson kind of things i don't I, I think probably at least two of the three return mm-hmm. i'm not i'm I just not sure which one that. is which but I think houston definitely returns <laughs> i couldn't see him i think he should but like yeah. I, I keep seeing like random people who like do the draft stuff be like well he showed me enough flashes this year and i'm just like why would you do that like unless yeah. you really think that he's going to explode next year why would you I mean, not take it the same exact way <laughs> just i don't understand I don't. I also yeah. don't know that Hunter Dickinson is like a pro, but uh, no. Dickinson, I would expect to be back. Diop- well, it's it's kind of like if Dickinson wants to come back, 
it's probably because he's getting an NIL package because, like, I think he could make money overseas, like, instantly. So I mean, uh, he could. It's, it's kind of, there's been some kind of, like, noise. Like, he, he said at the beginning of the season, he was like, I'm not coming back. Like, this is my last year. I want to enjoy my last year. Oh, he did? Uh, so it's like, right. okay, do you think you're going to go to the NBA? Because, like, you might be a bench big in the NBA. Like, he's a more viable might. big than, like, Luca Garza, for example. But, like, yeah, it's because you... better Luca Garza, but it's... It's, it's because of your passing and, like, all this stuff. But, like, you could do that as a senior. Like, you you can definitely grow all the things you need to grow mm-hmm. in college. But, yeah, anyway. I would say I would, I would definitely expect him to be back personally, but I haven't followed the situation yeah, at all. Big shout out to Kim Barnes Rico for taking the Michigan women to the Elite Eight. First program Elite Eight. She's been awesome. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Michigan women wow. have never been a powerhouse team. So, um, this was their first ever Elite Eight. Shout out to Nas Hillman for, for being the, the player that kind of took them there and got them over the hump. Uh, this has been easily the most successful like four-year stretch of Michigan women's basketball they've ever had. Uh, so. Yeah. I, I unfortunately didn't get to, to follow them. You just kind of got to pick and choose, you know, teams to, to follow throughout the year, and I just didn't have time for them, and I, I feel bad because this has been quite the stretch for them and, and quite the accomplishment to uh, – they went out to Louisville in the Elite Eight, which is, again, a, a program mm-hmm. high. So yeah, pretty cool. I was kind of curious because I know I, – I had remembered MSU had made the Final Four and actually made the Finals – uh, 2005, which was the same year our guys went in the final when it was or the final four, that was kind of a fun thing. But they really that's the only Mich- time they made it. Michigan men and Michigan team. women, final Big Ten team in the tournament, both both men and women. <laughs> women made it around it was, further than the men, but did they tie with Purdue on that for the men's? Maybe Purdue made the Purdue made the Sweet 16 as well, I believe. It might have been that Purdue's game still. was first. I can't remember. No, Michigan's was the first, the, it was the very first game, so. Of the week, I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I'm pretty sure they yeah, were both the last, Purdue, the last representatives in the tournament, but. Yeah. I know Purdue, I think, had the last technical game, if you want to go that way. Because they played Friday night, and Michigan played Thursday to start. How do you remember that? So. Hmm. Um, okay. Regardless. On, on to the other stuff. We, we traveled all the way down to women's college basketball. So Shout out to women's college basketball. Yep. Shout out Fun to the games. WNBA. To, I'm excited. They re- they're revamping the, uh, the league pass experience this year. Going to watch my aces. Asia Wilson has a coach that's going to let her shoot threes. I'm hyped. <laughs> Go aces. How's my boy? How's my, how's my, boy? <laughs> how's my girl Ariel Bowers doing on the... Uh, She's in Minnesota now, I believe. She's left. Yeah, DC. I don't. She's in the links? I don't. Uh, I remember seeing a highlight of her not too long ago. I don't remember the last time I got to watch Ariel play. Um, yeah. You've you've. Uh, uh, <laughs> I've got him distracted. Now. Yeah, I can't remember. I wanted there was there was a forward. Um, there was one of the players that like had really bad COVID. And I can't, oh. I can't, like, so I can't remember who it was, uh, that they like they had really bad long COVID, um, and I couldn't, yeah. I, I, I'm not long, seeing long it pop up for Ariel, so I'm not sure, uh, who it was. I but for some reason I thought it might have been her, um, uh, but yeah. Anyway, 
Oh, Asia Dur. That's what it. That's what it was. Um, so rings no bells. <laughs> different player. It's all right. Um, I guess it's two A names. Doesn't matter. Anyway, we got to get to the Pistons. We got to get to the Pistons. And where do we start? We, we no, got to start with the rookie Kate of the year, Cunningham. Exactly. Let me cash that check, boy. <laughs> Just like. The the discussions I keep seeing are insane to me. Like, Mm -hmm. there's been this huge Scotty Barnes push. Cade's out. I know. Like, he's packing in more stats, taking on a bigger role. And every fucking time a Raptors person says something about Scotty Barnes, they're like, well, he's filling this role really well and being really efficient. And it's like, yeah, because he has a role custom made for him and has to do like half the shit that the other players have to do. Like, what? How is that an argument? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. th- that's like saying that that Malcolm Brogdon was the the rookie of the year over Joel Embiid, if Joel Embiid had played seventy five games. Like, what are you <laughs> doing? I don't care that Malcolm Brogdon played well. The only reason he won the award is because Joel Embiid played like forty one games that year. Stop. Mm-hmm. That's like no. You just. Oh, but the advanced stats. He plays on a winning team. Shut up. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> yeah. Go to jail. So, go directly to jail. Do not pass go. Do not collect your rookie of the year. No. I'm not I'm not having it. Yeah, it's kind of outrageous to me how much people have placed an um, incentive on winning for the rookie of the year. It's like the Cavs in particular, that's the one that annoys me the most. I mean, obviously, Scotty Barnes, I don't think, I'm not taking it seriously. I hope the writers that vote on it don't take it seriously, his candidacy. But in terms of uh, Cade versus Mobley, like, the reason the Cavs are good is not because Mobley is there. It's because Garland and Jared Allen have taken a massive step up. Also because Mobley is there. role players all around playing. Also, great. like, also because he's there. Like, Mobley is really good. The, and this is the thing, like, Mobley's Scotty good. and Mobley are both awesome but... players. They are not Cade Cunningham. <laughs> We've just yeah. had an entire season, and if you have a GM... And you ask them who they draft, and you ask them like uh, in confidence so that they don't feel embarrassed about like voting against their own players. They are all taking Cade Cunningham. This is no longer a discussion. I've had people on podcasts, like Raptors people, be like, uh, "You know, in five years, I think that everybody's going to want Scotty Barnes." And it's like, what? No. What are you smoking? <laughs> no. <laughs> and that's not that's because he's bad. Talking. It's that's because like, what are you? Kate is running the shit Luka Doncic is running, at, like, efficiently and successfully. Like, no. <laughs> this is, like, no. I, I just don't understand. I don't even have, like, a good refutation of some of the stuff people are saying because it's just so out of pocket and delusional. <laughs> and, I mean, obviously opposing fans are going to be delusional. That's kind of what, that's what fandom is. But that being said, it's not like you, like, at a certain point, you got to see that it's delusion, and it's not based in reality. And some of these arguments are not based in reality. Well, it's like, okay, like, oh, oh Scotty can switch across the, the line, and he's very successful in the scheme, yada, yada, yada. And it's like, okay, the Raptors give up a shit ton of corner threes, and they don't defend the rim really well. So what you're telling me, like, Scotty's a good uh, one-on-one defender, but, like, schematically, the Raptors have not been overwhelmingly successful defensively. They're like a top 15 defense, but it's a little shaky. But, like, he's in a system designed for Scotty Barnes. If you crafted mm-hmm. a player in a lab for this system, it would look like OG Ananobi or Scotty Barnes. Kate Cunningham exactly. is playing in a switch-everything scheme 
that makes no sense. It's a soft switching scheme, and the players behind him are often Marvin Bagley, Kelly Olynyk, uh, Trey Lyles was playing center for him all the time. Like, yep. it is the worst possible defensive situation, and yet everyone who watches Kate is like, ah, that's a pretty good defender. Like, yeah. like, like across the board, you can't you can't be like ah like Evan Mobley's a defensive player of the year candidate, but Cade Cunningham's an offensive player of the year candidate, so they cancel each other. Out. Like no, Cade's a good defender, and we've seen it. And there's, <laughs> and I've seen some arguments that Mobley maybe uh, his defense is being overrated, especially now that Jared Allen's out. So <laughs> I don't buy into that. I don't personally like I I think like. I think he's a good if, defender. I'm not, I'm not here, saying he's not. And here's, the, here's the, the thing that really grinds my gears, right? I am the defense guy. <laughs> I'm the guy who has yeah, said for, for literally years that I think defense is more important than offense. I, I firmly believe that. I firm, like The Bucks won a title last year, not by being the best offense in the playoffs, but by... Because mm-hmm. that was the team they were playing. <laughs> right. But by being like the most versatile defense in the playoffs... And just like absolutely ravaging people in transition and being just barely good enough in half court offense, like I am absolutely that is my points. that is my argument to make. I don't buy that Evan Mobley like being a good defender. I first of all, I think that there are people putting him on like all defense third team. It's like no, no, like, it's a little much. Yeah, that's outrageous. But but, okay. but like I just like I don't buy that suddenly we're changing award criteria for that it's never been the award criteria so yeah it's very frustrating and it'll be interesting to see how many people are like ah recency bias i can't vote for Cade. like he put up 22 7 and 9 on the whiz on 11 or 22 shooting he just put 34 up on the nets despite losing a quarter to the injury uh he still cannot get a goddamn whistle uh, I keep bringing this nope. up. He gets literally half the calls of other players. And, like, you know what I'm saying when I talk about XG, right, in soccer? Yep, expected goals. So, like, soccer has this metric where it's really hard to, to say who was actually better in a soccer game. Because you can get a goal off a deflection and win a uh, game one nothing, and absolutely be the worst game, the worst team on that game. <laughs> Happens all the time. That's why... I- that's why soccer commentators love to say, oh, they didn't deserve this win, or they didn't deserve the draw. Absolutely. It's because of soccer. Because you kind of didn't. Has such bullshit things like that. Mind yeah, you, many exactly. of those commentators will say that and be totally wrong because there's some heavy, heavy, heavy homerism in soccer commentary. Uh, but they have this metric called expected <laughs> goals. And it's this idea that, like, you get uh, certain certain shots have certain values. If you shoot from, from a specific point on the pitch... Uh, and the defenders are in a certain orientation, you have a 10% chance at a goal. You have a 30% chance at a goal. A tap-in is like a 40% chance at a goal because actually you miss a lot more of those. And part of the, part of the thing is like, okay, you, you don't get as many goals as you think. But my point here is NBA fouls should work like expected goals in so much that like a yeah. set, uh, a specific action should draw a foul a specific percentage of the time. A drive to the basket should be like a 30% foul rate. And if you are an outlier, like Luka Doncic, uh, and you're getting like 38% or something, I don't, I don't know what Luka's stats are. So I'm pulling these numbers up, but like out of my head here a little bit, but like if you're an outlier, maybe you're flopping, maybe you're manufacturing a little bit, but like 
right now Cade Cunningham is getting literally half as many calls. Like his the the foul rate he's getting is half of everyone else. That's a huge red flag. <laughs> like it most people when they drive to the basket get between 20 and 30% of their drives called as fouls. Cade's getting 15% right now. Luka Doncic I, last I looked was like in the upper 30s. Harden was in the the low 30s I think. So like and Cade's a top 10 driver like in the NBA. Like he's yeah. taking more drives than almost everybody else. To get less fouls than everybody else is like it and it shouldn't happen. And it's one thing I feel like if you're kind of like a big like a Shaq. Shaq was his, Well, and he's not Killian Hayes or anything. Like he's not he's like Killian obviously we've seen him like fade away from the rim and like try float like that's not Kate. Kate just got fouled yeah. here uh shooting yeah. free throws. We, we make this argument as Kate as he finally gets fouled, but like he's done that like a <laughs> hundred times this year. And gotten fouls on like 12 of them. Like it mm-hmm. it's just insane. I, I, it's unfathomable that you would do this. I, I don't know how to change it either. Cause again, he's not, this is not him fading away from contact or whatever. And it's literally, if he, if he had the, like, it's probably worth uh, last I checked, it was worth about 60 points. It's probably worth closer to 75 points. Now, if he had an extra 75 points spread out across the season and the like two to 3% true shooting percentage bump that would come with having a higher free throw rate and less misses, etc. That's probably the rookie of the year race done. Like mm. right now he's got a 50-ish percent uh true shooting percentage I think. If it was 53, 54%, oh. Yep. JoJo just like hacked the shit out of Marvin Bagley. But uh oh. And Marvin Marvin's not in a good place right now. Uh but if Kate had that foul rate, like I think that's the rookie of the year race like wrapped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if he was getting those fouls, I think it would be a pretty big difference um, in the race and kind of give him a little bit, like it would put his uh, numbers absurdly high in terms of uh, in terms of points per game. So yeah, he'd he'd be closer to like uh, like nineteen points per game on like fifty three, fifty four percent true shooting percentage. Like at that point, there's no contest here. So. Uh, like the the whistle thing, like actively is hurting him, uh, in a big way, and that's kind of, that's pretty annoying. All right, is yeah. there anything else you want to talk about for for Cade other than the fact that he's currently also cooking uh, the Sixers, even though he's being guarded by Matisse Thybul, which is like pretty great. Love that. I mean, I feel like we could talk about Cade all day long. I can. We need to make these pods a little bit feel like I have as this, so <laughs> we can uh, continue on to our next topic. This one. Hopefully, be a quick one. Uh, Jeremy Grant, <laughs> your your comments here are hurt? Question mark forever? Question mark tank? Question mark tank? Exclamation point. Yeah. So <laughs> yes, calf the strain. Um, air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> Where if we were fighting for the playing game, he's probably on the on the court playing. But let the young guys cook. I had said Jeremy is like. <laughs> We were going. I think we both agreed. Like Jeremy is going to find a way to be out for the rest of the year at some point, uh-huh. and I'm happy they finally decided to do that. So, give the man his rest. We'll see what uh, make sure he gets healthy uh, towards the draft and see if he's so a so ready. Candidate. Hot take, hot take from you. Was that his last game in a Pistons uniform? I think knowing. Troy, I think it might be. 
But also knowing Troy's how much he likes Jeremy, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm like knowing Troy. Troy is like a wheeler dealer, but also loves Jeremy. So like, <laughs> exactly, and like goes and gets his guy. So I have no idea. I, I I think it will be what Jeremy wants it to be. If I I personally believe, if Jeremy says trade me to a contender, the Pistons will do it. If Jeremy says I want to win in Detroit or whatever, I think he stays. Okay. That's personal where I'm at. So, who knows? All right. Uh, we can move on to the uh, other wing in the rotation. Uh, Sadiq time. Scored that 50-burger mm-hmm. uh, that we talked about last pod. Looked a little more mortal, I think, since. Uh, <laughs> not not shooting well from three. My big question, I think, because I think we both believe in Sadiq long-term and what he is. My oh, big yeah. question for you. How do you feel about Sadiq's defense? Are you back? Oh, uh, you're disconnecting (laughs) on me. Okay. Okay. How do you feel about Sadiq's defense? So here's the thing. I think Sadiq as a whole, he is a decent defender. You're not going to get burned because of Sadiq's defense. You're not going to see, like... People, you know, in today's NBA where <laughs> LeBron gets past the ball at the corner of the key of the three-point line and just holds the ball and goes, give me that guy. You're never going to see people do that to Sadiq. He's always going to be kind of a tall guy. He's always going to be uh, someone who can move with uh, smaller ball players, stuff like that. I think as a whole, he is at worst like a even defender. He's never going to make you bad defensively. Is he a plus defender? Probably not. Or at least not too much of a plus defender in the way that you can say that he's known for his defense. Which, depending on how this draft goes and kind of what player we get out of it, could be concerning because all of a sudden, Sadiq, who right now, with Jeremy out especially, would you say he's the second uh, offensive option on this team right now? I think even with Jeremy, he should be. I mean, he should be with Jeremy, but... I'm saying definitely with him out, he is the bona fide second option behind Kate. Yes. All of a sudden, if you bring in a third guy, uh, or excuse me, another guy, and then he moves down to the third guy offensively, all of a sudden you want a little bit more defensively. I'm not sure how much more he can bring um, on the defensive side of the floor, which I don't think it's the end of the world in today's NBA. You don't have to be like a... Get him, Marvin. Like, Get him. <laughs> Get him. You don't have to be a you know great wing defender. Not everyone needs to be a Draymond Green. But oh, that was livers. Said, Even not... better, get him livers. Get him. <laughs> he's not going to be the like all star defensive player. Yeah, that's God that's damn, what I was. Just that's what I was going for. Uh, Stu's face. Um, that's that's what I was. I was thinking. I wasn't sure if you had the same opinion as I do. Where, um, because like before the season, I got uh, I got a lot of people who were like, uh, uh, Sadiq Bay is is the next Paul George. And it was just like, <laughs> no, guys, like, no, nope. he'll never be Paul George. Like, call him th- like, first of all, Paul George is like 6'10". <laughs> and yeah. Paul George has like plus plus wingspan. And Paul George is an elite, elite, elite defensive player. And Paul George is an elite, elite movement shooter. And Paul George had one of the best like handling leaps and is now like a ball handling, uh, like an elite ball handler. Paul George is a Hall of Famer. 
like a Paul guaranteed flat out Hall of Famer has been in MVP voting as like a top five MVP option during some years. Not close. Stop it. Uh, <laughs> and the thing was like, okay, Sadiq has had like scoring pace where like you could almost buy it. Yeah. But it, for me, it's like okay, the defense just isn't there, and I and I'm, I don't know if it's just people like overvaluing his defense. Like he's overly handsy to me, and he's getting away with it right now for the most part. But like I think he can, I th- I think there are times where he fouls when he's in one on one situations, and just like probably is is, you know, just not as good as he is. You might think like he can get beat off the bounce if you uh, if you've got some pace. You know, you can fight him in the post a little bit. He's very strong, but, like, he's not a super technical defender. He doesn't move his feet super well. So, like, I think you had it right. Like, he's not – you're never going to be like, oh, I can't play Sadiq because he's a bad defender. That's not not going to be the case. But he's not your wing stopper either. Uh, I don't think it's ever going to force him out of the starting lineup. I don't – I like, you have to be, like, mm-hmm. have the Suns rotation where, like, you have, like, legitimate – plus defenders, plus ball handler, plus shooting along, like, three-plus wings to get him out of the lineup. But, ooh, Cade. Oh, yeah. he missed it. Damn it. You're so far behind, I don't even know what's happening right now. Back, uh, step back he had. Yeah. Uh, so, I, yeah, I just wanted to kind of gauge your, your opinion on that. Because, like, I like what Sadiq brings defensively in terms of, like, I think he can be on the floor. I think he can be on the floor in, like, playoff situations. Go, Killian, Go. Oh, um, you know, I just like, I don't think he's a wing stopper. I think that's definitely the side of the ball. That's going to hold him back from being like a superstar. Like there's, it, it's very obvious that like Sadiq is never the primary defender on stars unless it's like, unless Jeremy has been out and they've desperately needed a wing on, um, like a Kevin Durant type, but like mm-hmm. he, they don't put him in those matchups if they can help it. Yeah. Which, I mean, part of it, I think, is due to what he can do offensively. But, yeah, he's also not the superstar defensive player. He's not. He's never going to be a Paul George. Yeah. Like, that's an outrageous yeah. argument. But I think the thing that will kind of help him if we do kind of, like I said, get another uh, secondary score to kind of take the ball out of his hands is that I think, I feel like he, at some point he will be like a knockdown uh, spot-up shooter when he gets the ball uh, kind of past him. Whereas right now I feel like he's a little streaky on it. So... He definitely wants to, to do more always. right now, and yeah. he's he's got a, and he's gotten a lot better than he was at the beginning of the season. Because at the beginning of the season, he wanted to do more, and he just always did more, and it was a problem. Mm-hmm. And now he wants to do more, but he takes the open ones and just like does what he's supposed to. But sometimes he goes for a little bit of an adventure, and um, we'll have to see. Like he's got probably two years where he can. You know, keep trying to broaden his his horizons before he's got to really nail down, you know, the shooting. Really ri- nail down some of the, the subtler, uh, you know, like movement shooting skills and, and all that stuff to really be a playoff wing contributor. And we'll see which of those, you know, which of those, of those uh, horizon broadening skills he does actually kind of cement before, you know, things get, get real. Um He's definitely shown, mm-hmm. I think, me that he's got an ability to develop beyond what I thought he had as a rookie. So I'm interested to see which yeah. of those skills emerge. Yep. I mean, I think Steak is definitely the player that I'm most curious to see what his development will end up being. Because I think, like, the. How can you say that I when Killian Hayes so many exists? Outcomes. How can you say yes, that when Killian Hayes true. exists? <laughs> 
I'm gonna put you in a downer mood and say because I'm at least optimistic that I am positive that Sadiq will have a good outcome. Whereas I really hope Killian has a good outcome, but there's still a little part of my mind who just like maybe he doesn't ever figure it out. So um, I hate you. All right. We got to talk about other skill development, though, in that Isaiah Stewart has hit a couple threes recently, which is really fun. Uh, He's three money. I just saw earlier in this game they had a, I think Sadiq passed up a three to give it to Stu, and Stu sat there for a minute, and he's like, fuck it, I'm taking it. Yeah, I think so, he so they uh, they told him not to shoot threes earlier in the season. They wanted him to just kind of focus on what he does, and I think that was the right decision at the time. And I think maybe they're loosening it up a bit as they get to the end of the season. They want to give him a chance to experiment. And he hit, uh, I think, four threes and like seven tries or something in the last couple of games. Um, wow. I didn't realize that. Uh, I think he's hit two threes in two consecutive games. Uh, I don't think he's hit one tonight. but He just, is 0 for 2 tonight, I can tell you that much. Just, uh, <laughs> like, it looks better. The hitch has, has, has smoothed out quite a bit. I think the footwork's wow. cleaned up a bit. So, um... You know, much like he Killian, two for three in both of the last two games yes. against the Knicks and the Nets. Yeah. So much, shabby. much of the, uh, much like Killian, I think just the the behind the scenes work that you know they haven't been shooting, and so people think they can't shoot, and people think they're not improving. But like, I think very clearly there's been some some technique improvements over the course of this season, and, um, you know, I just I just wanted to point that out that I. I I got a lot of flack for saying that, like, I didn't think his shot looked good. I've never thought his shot looked particularly good when he stretched it out to three, and I think it looks a lot better now. So, you know, good on them for working through it, good on him for working through it, and it would be nice if he ends the season with another, you know, if he can hit another four over the last couple of games just to feel good about himself going into the offseason. I'd like that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm... Apparently <laughs> there's a warning going on outside, and it's quite the experience at the moment. There's a what going on outside? Tornado warning. Oh, wow. In some wild weather, apparently. You should, uh... Aren't you in, like, an apartment in, a, like, a third floor, fourth floor? Second floor. What? Second floor. Oh, you're only a second I'm floor? Five. Okay, you'll be fine, no tornado. There's lots of shit on top of you. Yep. <laughs> Alright. Um, so, moving on from Stu hitting a couple threes, Killian has hit multiple threes recently. And, uh, in the same mm -hmm. vein... Uh, the footwork is coming along. I, I really loved seeing... Uh, he's, he's moving to a hop. I think we've talked about this before, but just, like, clearly they're working on his footwork. He's gone from a one-two step to a hop step on his shot pretty decisively. Uh, I haven't heard him or, like, any of the coaching staff, like, say that explicitly, but you can kind of tell. But, like, something we've seen a lot from him is he'll go up for a shot and, like, he'll do the one-two step, but, like, He'll like stutter step, or he'll sh you know he'll shuffle or like drag feet into position because he didn't one two correctly, and like he took a shot tonight and he missed it, but he put the feet down decisively. They were in the right spots and it went up and like he just missed it. It wasn't a bad miss. It wasn't a miss where he like clearly had some mechanical failure. It was just he missed the shot. And I think that's like again a huge improvement. He's hit multiple threes in the last couple games. Um, mm -hmm. You know, just really nice to see that that's coming along and. You know, he still is figuring things out as a driver. You know, he's getting to the rim a little bit more. He's getting some of the floaters to fall a little bit more. You know, uh, had 13, 4, uh, 3 assists, 4 steals, 1 block versus the Nets. Uh, has looked pretty good tonight against the Sixers. 
you know, if, if he's doing this just consistently next year, I don't want to hear any more complaints about anybody from anybody. Like this is yeah. all you need. If he's giving <laughs> you three, four, five, six stocks in a game and getting just like filling up the rest of the box score stats, playing good defense, that's yeah, invaluable. <laughs> If he can get us, like, ten points, six boards, a couple steals, blocks, like, like and, like, five assists. Like, 12, 4, four and 4. Assists. 12, 4, and 4 like, on, like, 45, 35, 85 splits with, like, three stocks a game would be awesome. There's, like, no question yeah. that he would then have to be the starting point guard and, and like, the point guard of the future. No question at that point. Um and and he just keeps he keeps flashing that. I, I think the one thing we have seen quite a bit that he does need to clean up. There's too many cheap fouls from him. He just has to like stop yeah. reaching, stop fighting too hard when he gets like mismatches. He he takes everything personally. Uh, Braxton Key just took like a blatant charge from Tobias Harris and should have gotten a call. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm just like I keep every game now. It's just like me being happier and happier that that Killian Hayes is figuring things out. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, he's definitely the person you got to root for the most, because if says if the man who doubted him just three minutes ago, I have receipts. I was, I'm saying you got to root for him the most. I'm not saying I think he's gonna, gonna uh, call he's you gonna Thomas because you're doubting. <laughs> but if we get Killian Hayes to play to his potential with a Cade and with whoever we get in this draft and a Sadiq, that's a that's a pretty good roster right there. That's not too shabby. I'd be pretty We're happy probably with still it. a year or two away, but oh, you're gonna be a year or two away that... from regardless. Uh, that's we talked about the performance. I mean, but you know, your your best best case, yeah. But your I'm just timeline saying, has to be even if everything turns out right. We're still a couple years away. All right, next guy on the list, Marvin Bagley. What have you seen from Bagley <laughs> recently? I mean, I know you're here to kind of bag on Bagley to excuse the pun. Uh, because you've been a lot more pessimistic over him than uh, I would say <laughs> most of the other Pistons fan base. But, like, what you can get 25 points in back-to-back games on pretty good shooting? Like, that's a still a pretty good thing to have. Like, he is a good basketball player. He's not great. He's not, I don't think, ever going to live up to the hype of when he was drafted. And as we're talking, he now says he's not going to return for the game due to a left hip flexor strain yep um that was we we, we were but, we were wincing over that live on pod that one hurt <laughs> yep that looked very brutal and indeed looked like he regretted that one shortly after that foul yeah. as you could tell that was uh that was gonna hurt <laughs> yeah for for uh bags but i mean i i feel like with bagley i i like him as a player i like what he can bring i think killian and cade will love having him offensively in he will not be there to uh, fix any problems that they have defensively. Luckily, those two are not really the most uh, mistake-prone guards defensively, so you're not going to have to worry about you know, point guards running just all over the place on us. Uh, but with that being said, he's, he's on a one-year deal. Like We have to re-sign him, and I'm very... Especially with the way he's been kind of showing out these last couple games, I'm starting to get nervous he might creep his way into actual money, which I am... Uh, be a little less excited about, to say the least. Well, so I'll give him this, right? So, first of all, he's really fun. No question. Really, really fun. So much fun. And oh, my God. There's absolutely a utility to being a guy who can mash people on the block and 
and and and like you said, score twenty five efficiently, right? That's there, there's absolutely utility there. He's surviving in switching defense. It's not been good. Uh, it's he's he's surviving. The problem is like okay, so you you're gonna get a big hopefully this summer in the draft. You need to find your center of the future. I, I think both of us agree. Isaiah Stewart is probably a bench big. Probably not the starting yeah. big of the future. Whether that's, you know, a splash for DeAndre Ayton or whether it's drafting a Mark Williams or whether it's, uh, you know, wh- whatever that is, there's probably going to be another center in the future. Maybe the, maybe there's DeAndre another. DeAndre Ayton. What? Give me some DeAndre Ayton. Uh, I, just I just find that, like, so. on a free agency. I feel like it's so unsustainable to. To, like if if the Suns make the finals again, he's like, "Fuck you guys, I'm out." You're offering me the max, but not the super max or whatever. Like, you know, like I I just have a hard time believing that the Suns are not going to give him money. Um, but Sorry, if he's available, <laughs> one word. If he's available, and you don't put in a bid, you, that's crazy. Uh, like I don't you got a bid. Care if he's not available, like if he's like expected to resign or whatever. If he's still on the like, if he is still a restricted free agent, day one of free agency, you got to put you in a just bit. Immediately call his agent and be like, "We'll give him all the money. We will give him the max. We will give him four years. I don't know what four years, five years, whatever they can offer him. I think it's four. We will give him whatever he wants. <laughs> Take it, sign it today. Because everyone's always afraid of the restricted free agents for like the matching period. Like, oh, they have three days well, to match. The, and they're gonna the worst thing, the worst thing that happens is he says no. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Whatever. We'll find another solution. Like that's that's accelerate. Bringing someone like him in accelerates your timeline, probably by like two years, because because mm-hmm. getting a, a big man, who's like a legitimate star big man who knows what the hell he's doing defensively, is a minimum of a two year project. Um. So like, it probably like makes a big leap to your timeline. If you don't get him, you don't get him. You just you just keep working. So, but here's my question. So- if we mm-hmm. both agree that like Stewart is probably going to get replaced in the starting lineup, he's going to be on the bench. Do you like the Isaiah Stewart Marvin Bagley pairing? No. Okay, me neither. In terms of together on the court or okay, as, like, go the center rotation. Uh, together, together in a lineup, together. Oh no. Yeah, exactly. That same, makes, same. Because to me, it like it negates both of their strengths. Exactly. The things that make them good. You're, you're using it, two it, players to get the production you wish you had out of one player. Exactly. Yes, and 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 I'm I'm right there with you. And so it's like okay, if I'm saying that Stu is probably going to go to the bench because I I want to replace him, and I know that's a take mm-hmm. for some people, but I want to replace him. I'm definitely yeah. not starting Marvin Bagley at power forward, like especially not if I'm yeah. drafting <laughs> whether that's Chet, whether that's Jabari, whether that's uh, Paolo. I don't want that. I they're they're playing over Marvin Bagley. Sorry. Uh, Mm-hmm. So now I'm stuck with a Bagley Stewart bench, and that's not going to be my long term bench. It's just not. Yeah. So, no. so the the thing I wrestle with here is, what do you give him contract wise? I'm not worried as much about the monetary amount. Like I don't think he's commanding twenty million dollars a year. I think Marvin Bagley's asking for like, can I get you know a three for what twenty four? Right? Can I get eight million a year? Can I get the maximum mid-level kind of thing, or just a I little bit more to make it feel good? Would be to see what the Suns will offer him 
when we send Bagley back over in a sign and trade for eight. They're not going to take him. Uh, but my, my point is like, okay, personally, if I can get Marvin Bagley for like a two for 16 deal, fine, cool. I'll take two more years of the Marvin Bagley experience. And then yeah. when I actually give a shit, you know, he'll be the guy I replace. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But like, or, you know, or maybe you don't get Aiden. Maybe you don't find your center of the future. So Stu starts next year. And like, again, fine. And at two for eight, very tradable kind of thing. Like, do I give him a third year? Do I give him a four? Like, how many years am I giving Marvin Bagley? How much money am I giving Marvin Bagley? For the next probably year, definitely, maybe two years, I don't care that much. You get to three years from now when summer 2023 is done and, like, we're trying to do real stuff, I care quite a bit. I just don't think he's the guy there. And so, like, I appreciate the experience. Like, I'm trying not to bag on Marvin Bagley. It's just, like, if I believe in Isaiah Stewart, and I do believe that Isaiah Stewart's, like, a guy that can back me up and play in the playoffs, I have no clue where Marvin Bagley fits in this rotation if people are healthy. Personally, I would try... The money, of course, is something that you could never quite tell unless you're really in the room. You don't really know how much... Like, everyone can kind of say, oh, this is the range, whatever, da-da-da-da. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> someone comes out and offers a crazy contract, especially to a restricted free agent. But the deal that I'm trying to make for Marvin Bagley is a two-year deal and that second year being a player option. And maybe taking the money down just a little bit, just to give you flexibility here and there. But to say, hey, Marvin... If you really ball out after that first year, you can go. You can opt out and go get your money. I don't know that he and cares. Not, I don't know that. I don't know that that's not that he cares. I, I feel don't like know Marvin wants. I feel a short like that. That's my. I feel like he's gonna say, "I balled out this year." What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> right? Like, does Marvin Bagley really think that he's gonna like outperform what he's shown so far in Detroit? Like, maybe he's conceded enough to believe that like he's got so much more in him. But I think, I think, I think rationally, you would probably look at this and be like, "No, this is actually what like this is what you want out of Marvin Bagley. Maybe a little better defense, but like mm-hmm. you don't want Marvin Bagley the three point shooter, right? That's what fucked him up in Sacramento. You don't want Marvin Bagley trying all sorts of shit. You want him playing this role at the best he can and surviving on defense. And so, like me, I'm gonna offer. I want. I would probably try and get a team option for a third year. Right, maybe I mean, maybe, maybe try and get slightly lower marks on it. Maybe try and get like seven, and give him like a three for twenty-one with a team option. Right, I don't know what that I mean, number is, but like try and lower the number with a team option, a little bit, because that makes it very tradable. I don't see Marvin signing a three-year deal. I just, I think he is still, like, you don't get to be a top five draft pick without having a very high sense of self. And while he hasn't um, exactly lit the world on fire uh, since getting drafted, yeah, uh, since he hasn't exactly lit the world on fire, but at the same point, he also hasn't like shit the bed. He's still been a decent enough player, and I think I don't know about that. Marvin Bagley's mine. There was some bed shitting in Sacramento. It was bed shitting from both parties. Both sides of the beds were shitting beds, but it's Sacramento. That's all people do there. That's why everyone wants to leave. But I think as a whole. Marvin Bagley, I feel like, wants to get back. He's still thinking about rehabilitating his image and trying to get that next contract. So I don't think he's going to be 
too hung up on the money in this contract per se. I think he'll try and go for like a shorter term deal, get the most money he can. But that I, don't know. Said, I, I, I feel like that. I think he I wants like, to get. I feel like that's the, the thing you do when you're banking on a leap in performance. And basically, what I what I my, what I would do, do that, is though. is go in the is go in the room with them and say, "What do you want?" And Marvin goes, "I want you know fifteen million dollars a year." He'd be like, "I'll give you twelve for three years, and I want a team option on the third year." And it's like, take it or leave it. Like I, it's one of those things where it's like if you think you're going to have a better career somewhere else and that they're going to pay you more. Do it. Fine. In the meantime, I'm going to give you a deal that's generous, but also fits my timeline. Like, I, it's one of those things where, like, I don't mind overpaying for Marvin Bagley right now. Not at all. And, it, like, I'll give you, the, if, if you want, I'll give you the, like, $13 million a year deal that has the, like, declining pay grade. So it's, like, 11 in year three kind of thing. Like, I'll do that. I don't give a shit. That's not, he's not going to do that, though. <laughs> he, but, he probably I mean, won't. But, like, I'm willing to work with you. To give you some something that looks good, money wise, and certainly something that sets you up for life, no question. But and a, think, I'm not gonna Marvin blow. I'm not gonna blow out my back. I, this next contract, I can, I can be a starter in the NBA, and people are gonna want me. That's the way I think someone as talented as he is. I feel like he's been pretty humbled by Sacramento. Absolutely nobody else around the league has like asked about Marvin Bagley. Like he's really lucky that Troy Weaver really likes him. He's talented enough. He was going to find somewhere. Maybe, maybe he didn't get traded for at this trade oh, deadline, yes. but he was Some, going to get somewhere. Someone's going to pick him up. We picked up Jaleel Okafor. That doesn't mean shit, right? It's if somebody <laughs> well, he's got not Jaleel Okafor, he's a little more talented than Okafor. <laughs> you know, when you're like, discussing the Duke bigs here, but like, you know, that's a big difference. So, I don't know. I just like I'm I'm torn on Marvin Bagley because he's proven. Everything I would have asked him to prove. Like, he's absolutely done what I've, I asked uh, offensively. He's surviving defensively. Not in a system I like or anything, but, like, he's surviving. But there's just no way I want to do... I don't, I don't want to hitch my wagon to him. And I don't know how you get away with that. I think we should have a bet about this. If Bagley gets, say, over... If he gets three years guaranteed, then you win the bet. It's, it could be the three years or two years in a team option, three years, either one of those. Any duration over two years. Two years or less. What? Any duration over two years, whether it's a team option I or get, a player option or a three-year Give contract. me three years with the player option that last year. I want that. You give me that and we'll make a bet. For what? Add, add it to the beer Brian, I owe you for, for the Michigan-Michigan State game that, that I still haven't been able to pay because you, you refuse to visit Michigan. I visit Michigan. I just don't go to your side of Michigan. Yeah, because you suck. <laughs> You're way up. There's the a whole beer corner. waiting for you. Come on, is that not incentive enough? <laughs> not quite. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Uh, uh, yep. it, it's less what I, I think I, I is going to happen, and more just like that's what I'm offering. That's what's on the table, and that's it. I would expect it for me personally. I expect the way that he's going to want to negotiate. I don't think he's going to care as much about the money as long as he gets. That deal that he can control either with a player option, whether that be three years with that last year being a player option or two with the last being a player option. That's personally where I think he's that's where I feel like he wants. I don't there's so. no way you get three with a player option. No way. I, I, I think yeah. that would be crazy. Not not unless the, not unless the con- amount, not unless the, the contract is like two million a year, like just obscenely low. Like you're not getting eight think, million a year with a player option on the third year. No freaking way. 
you do the five percent decrease over year over year on a lower deal. So the last Say, the last one is seven and a half. No, fuck off. <laughs> three years, like thirty four or something like that. I don't know. Was I that eleven ish? If I can get if I can get a Bagley on a three year deal, and the last year was like eight million to ten million, somewhere in that range, I'd be I'd be fine with that. And not with a player the, option. Not not where I can't. Not when I'm coming out of summer 2023 and I'm not in control of whether Marvin Bagley's on my team. I, I, I gotta, mean, I gotta be, I gotta be in control of that. All right, we've talked enough Marvin Bagley. All right, Bagley. is there anyone else we want to talk about? Do, do we need to give Kelly any love? No. Do we need to Kojo any love? Definitely not. God, nice no. to see Frank well, Jackson Kojo back. Question is, is he back next year? Do we got more Kojo? I think it'll depend on how free agency goes. Um, yeah. So if they get, I mean, got, well, so, the thing is, he's got a player option. I just realized that's not a team option, so. right? And I think he, I but I think he's very next. tradable. And I just think, like, yeah. if you have, um, if you end up in a situation where like you want Killian to be your bench point guard because you're moving K to point guard because you found another wing, kind of thing, like, I definitely don't see Kojo coming back. If mm. you need. A backup point guard. I see Kojo coming back. You know what I'm saying? So like, I, I think yeah. there, I think there's some questions there. I I would put it probably at like 70 30 that he stays. Um, mm-hmm. so Frank's on this list. Uh, nice to see Frank back. Hasn't really uh, shot super well yet. Uh, but is back cutting literally everyone to death, uh, which is hilarious. Um, absolutely. What's hilarious? You you jumped out right as you. He's right he's back cutting the shit out of people right now. Just the Nets. Kyrie gave up like six of them. Harden's given up like four tonight. Uh, just, just the I absolute mean, the king of the back cuts. Do back right cuts now. against it, it, the two teams do back cuts against the Nets and the 76ers. They're they're pretty good, pretty good options. Yeah. Um, Besides, maybe the Lakers might be a better option. But that would be a good one. Uh, Braxton you can do a Key. back cut, front cut, middle cut doesn't matter against <laughs> the Lakers. It does. It does not. Uh, uh, Braxton Key playing for the Pistons on a ten day has looked better than I thought. Like, looks like yeah. an NBA player. Not sure he's an NBA player. Like, I, I care to want around, but, like, looks like an NBA player. That's nice. Yep. Uh, Isaiah Livers It'll is back. He'll be great on the Thunder next year. <laughs> Isaiah Livers is back and healthy and looking good, looking like an athlete. I appreciate that. Uh, we haven't seen yeah. Saban play at all. Uh, we haven't seen Garza play at all. I think the fact that we haven't seen Garza play is... Uh, I take it back. He might be carrying an injury. Yeah. I might have seen something on the cruise, but, but like if he's not injured and he's not playing right now, that's kind of a really terrible sign for him. Though the crews are in the playoffs. So there is Ooh. that. So congrats on the crews. Uh that's actually not a thing that the drive are doing. And this is this is their first year, right? In the playoffs? What's that? Or first year as a first year as a franchise. Yeah. First what year as a franchise in the playoff and the drive were never uh super competitive in the playoffs. So um it's a big deal. We are going to beat the Sixers, and I'm going to be so fucking mad about yeah, this. I'm, I'm, trying I'm really sure trying not to mention it, but we've got a, a, what is this, an eight-point lead? and like Six or eight, something like that. I need Embiid to flop his way to about 16 free throws right now. God damn it. He just had the weirdest mix-up with Kelly. I'm still not quite sure what happened. Yeah, I just saw that. Eight. Wow. Three minutes left. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's rough. All right. Woo! Pistons. I got one big, important question for you, and then we can get to the, the prospect of the week. This one hit Twitter today. Uh, it got ripped off Reddit from a couple days ago. 
if you can add four inches to someone's height and they gain like the right ratio of wingspan and weight who would you do it to you can you can add four inches to one player on the team who do you do it to so my question is do they lose any is it the same person you just stretch them out we will assume that they have developed the same skills over time they are just now four inches same athleticism same everything else what the was that i have no idea what you were watching uh, you're about to see the worst Elliot attempt I've ever seen. <laughs> and livers strand all the way into the crowd. <laughs> okay. All right. So four He's inches. Laughing. You can add four inches if, to somebody. If the athleticism stays the same, I'm going to go and break the game and say Marvin Bagley. I want a 7-3 Marvin Bagley. <laughs> I feel like that's such a waste. Like, I don't okay, care. So, so here's where, here's where I was. Here's where I was. All right. Uh, you're going to say who I think it's actually. Well, so, I so like actually Cade Cunningham, right? Sure, I could make yeah. Cade 6'9", but, like, Cade at 6'9 doesn't play any different than Cade at 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, right? He's still Cade. Like, yeah. he's a little marginally better passer, gets a few more things off, but, like... He's a little closer to Luka, but, yeah. I, I, I just, I don't feel like I'm gaining a big advantage. Now, Sadiq Bey... Sadiq Bey goes from from 6'7", to, like, 6'10", 6'11". And he's still like a triple threat menace with a with a thirty plus you know thirty five thirty six percent three point shooting on high value. Like, is that like Carl Anthony Towns now? Like, what what is yeah. Sadiq Bay at six ten? That that's great. <laughs> Isaiah Stewart. Isaiah Stewart's now a true seven footer with a seven foot eight wingspan. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And also yeah. is like carrying three hundred pounds and looking great doing it. Uh, like I'm just saying that Isaiah Stewart's pretty cool. But here's where I landed, alright? Killian Hayes is now six foot nine. <laughs> Killian yep, Hayes has like a for. seven foot two wingspan. Killian Hayes is now basically Scotty Barnes. <laughs> yep. I'm sorry. Killian was the answer that if, Kill- if Killian Hayes can be the guy that screens for Cade Cunningham, we are having a blast. I will accept Cade, maybe Sadiq, obviously. Or I would accept Cade, obviously, but that wouldn't be who I would be going for. I'd agree with your take on Sadiq. Stu, I'm still just... Yeah. But, like, he I'm becomes a lob threat now. Like, Isaiah Stewart doesn't I mean, need does. to be any more athletic. Isaiah Stewart is now, yeah. like, like Chet Holmgren level long boy. Like, like yeah. you, you probably yeah. have, like, a DPOY in Stewart now. But Killian was definitely the guy... You knew I was going to say Killian. First, and I knew that you were going to say it. But so now, I'm, I'm but like, now you're you thinking easy. about it. Now it's in your head. The one that, the person that I am sneakily surprised you didn't say, Isaiah Livers. I don't 6'11"? care. That'd be fun. It would be really be fun. It would yeah. be it would be really fun. But like, I'm thinking about Killian Hayes, pick and roll big you, man. You, you got Killian on the small mind. ball five. Like I, I'm thinking oh. about him. Like You're he'd right. be he'd be six nine <laughs> with like a seven foot two yeah. wingspan. He'd be playing small ball fives. He'd be playing power so... forward. Like <laughs> you you get six nine Killian Hayes. You draft yourself a Chet Holmgren. Now you're like you're starting some point guard. I don't know who. Cade Cunningham, Sadiq Bay, Killian Hayes, and Chet Holmgren. Come on now. It's a vibe. Actually, fuck it. You don't trade Jeremy. You just keep Killian Hayes, 6'9 point guard, Cade Cunningham, yeah, shooting exactly. guard, Sadiq Bay, Jeremy Grant, Chet Holmgren. It's a vibe. I'm, I'm feeling it. It's up here. I might just, like, get on 2K and just do that just for shits and giggles. How many beers did you have? Two. 
But I've been thinking about this since like 2 o'clock when it came across my Twitter feed. And it just gets better every time. <laughs> Alright, we're already at an hour seven. Okay. Let's jump into the player of the week. We gotta go to the player of the week. So who'd you choose for player of the week? The player of the week that you chose was... No, 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 we, we chose. This was week. a collaborative thing that we both said we needed to do last week. <laughs> yeah, we did We did agree on this last week, and I'm happy you actually listened and just carried it over instead of <laughs> asking me for like the prospect five minutes before. Hey, whoa, whoa, <laughs> I usually give you at least a four-hour window. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the player of the week um, is Jalen Durant. Duran. Duran? Duran. You, you are making this way harder than it has to be. Alright, so he is a 6'11 center. He played on Memphis. You might have recognized him playing Gonzaga, where he had, in my opinion, a pretty good game. Uh, he didn't really score the ball well, but just trying to be on the court with Chet is tough. Yeah. And he looked like he, he at least looked the part in that game, although he didn't really have his best game. Looking at his like stat log, though, the one that sticks out like crazy, <laughs> I think you already know where I'm going with this, is the UCF game where he went 20-20. and which mm-hmm. is, UCF was not a bad team, which I'm sure you're well aware of. Yep. So, <laughs> that is an insane stat total in a college game. That it is. Especially because he had, he had what, four stocks as well? <laughs> 2020 with four stocks. That's damn good. <laughs> I mean, he, um, he averages three. <laughs> yeah. So, tell me, how will he fit in Detroit? Uh... The boy is a is. The, remember how we were talking about maybe needing a center? The boy is a mm-hmm. center. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know if you said this out loud. Six eleven with a seven foot five wingspan. Seven five wingspan. Say, say it out loud again. Six eleven with a seven foot five wingspan. Now I I do think he's actually probably a little shorter. I think he's probably closer to six ten. I I just don't quite see six six eleven when I look at him. He's definitely somewhere between six ten. I, I remind Whether, I remind people that Bam Adebayo was listed at six eleven in college as well, and Bam Adebayo is like six nine. So like six nine. <laughs> I just like he might Defensive be one of those player guys. Of the year candidate though. And like hey, no. it doesn't matter. Again, the se- the seven foot five wingspan is like a measured wingspan from camp. So like that's very true. His standing reach is not going to be a problem. Uh, the dude is a brick shit house. He's already close to two fifty. Yeah, uh, fucking huge. You know, so he's already built uh, like Isaiah Stewart is. But like, it's so funny going from watching like Chet, who's like maybe two hundred pounds soaking wet. Yeah. To like Duran and like Williams. <laughs> yeah. Who are just like absolute mammoths, monsters. <laughs> but like, and uh, who's the guy from uh, Auburn as well? Like, there's a whole bunch of big ass. Yeah, Walker Kessler, some big, big ass seven foot two motherfucker. Draft. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but the thing is, like, so Duran is built like Isaiah Stewart, probably an inch or two taller than Isaiah still, but like, because Isaiah measured in at six eight, but yeah. uh, the dude can jump. The dude is has like a 35, 30 to like forty inch vertical. The dude is a monster athlete, uh, regularly blocking things above the square. Just like this is not this is not even like remotely close to the same kind of athleticism, um, you know. Like you said earlier, like three blocks or sorry, two blocks a game, a steal a game, um, doesn't foul that crazily considering the context of like what he played in. Just like he's not a polished defender by any means, but he has mm-hmm. really good instincts, and he has tools as good as anybody you'll ever find. Like, you can say, like, okay, Chet Holmgren has, like, better tools and that he's, like, a taller, longer 
player because Chet's a freak. But like, you don't, they don't make centers this big with this kind of athleticism. And he, and it's like, it's twitchy. It's not like, how do I put it? Like James Wiseman, right? Was like super tall, super long and athletic, but like didn't get off the ground the way someone like Duran does. And he's yeah. got the pedigree. Like he, he ended the, the season as the number one, uh, number one player in the class. So, uh, for some people anyways. So like, this is, this is a, just a monster athlete, uh, a play finisher, uh, not really a post scorer. has a little bit of a mid range game that he pulls out a, a little bit, but like, this is your lob threat. This is your screen and roll guy. This is your, 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 uh, post masher on, on, uh, switches. Um, you know, this is a guy who is maybe going to come out and like try and, and do some stuff he shouldn't, but like for the most part, this is a guy who's going to play a role for you on offense. Mm-hmm. Like he, he I think fits very well with what the Pistons want. Yeah, and I feel like if you get him in the draft, all of a sudden, all of a sudden Bagley doesn't need to be resigned. That all of a sudden that is Stu can part be put of the in thing. Trades. Yes, yeah, yeah. Like it opens up a lot of possibilities, especially looking at cap space long term. Now where he's being mocked is like what around ten. Yeah, somewhere so, there. For me, he's seven. He's, he's six yeah. or seven. So for, for me, I have that, that group of Chet, Jabari, Paolo, and then Ivy and AJ Griffin, and then maybe Shaden Sharp. Uh, and then I'm at, I'm pretty much at, uh, Jalen Duran. Yeah. I mean, regardless though, like he's kind of in a spot where either the Pistons trade down, which doesn't really happen in the NBA. God, we're actually going to fucking win this game. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> so, like, we're either trading down to get that, which, like I said, doesn't happen in the NBA, or we're going to, like, make another trade to get up there. This could be something where, uh, with the uh, possible chance of a Jeremy Grant trade, we could be bringing in someone like a Jalen Duran. So, shockingly, uh, that Pelicans pick, currently 11th. Tankathon, mock draft. Jalen Duran, going <laughs> 11th. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Yeah. So, would you say he is the best fit in that range? I think. I think probably. Like again, I if if he's fallen to ten eleven, and that's and that's where you end up having a pick. Yeah. I I I. Do you want? Yeah. I I, lo- I would like rather the, have him over Benedict Matherin. I know I know a lot of guys like Ben Math. Just like having that center of the future, just like that. But that's neither here nor there. What's that? I like me. I like me some Ben Math. So. I'm bed mathing. <laughs> but like just having uh like having that problem solved. You know, assuming he doesn't bust out. Uh, he has maybe a higher bust chance than some people cuz center defense is hard. If he can't play defense, he's just like this is a non-starter. Uh it's you know, it's a Marvin Bagley situation, but I don't think that's the case. Um if if he Pistons win. Yeah. If he uh if he <laughs> Like just solves your center problem, and you just have like a top ten center in the NBA for the next five years. Like that's like yeah. that, that just that, that solves so many problems. It clears so many hurdles. You know, if if he's the only guy you walk away from the draft with because you fell the seventh or something, that's gonna suck. Because I don't think he's got the like offensive star power to carry you, and you're really hoping that Killian and Sadiq like really pop. But mm-hmm. there are worse things. Ah. Uh. What do you think the 
kind of path to success is for Jalen Durant in the NBA? Okay, first of all, you keep saying Durant. <laughs> Duran. 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 Not Duran. Like a Durango. Jalen Duran. Duran. Okay. The Durant is like it's like throwing it like breaks my brain a little bit more. I told you my brain just keeps like fading Jaylen down Durant? into piles of sand, being built back up in weird you, shapes. You don't want a Jalen Rose Kevin Durant combo child? Oh, gross. Um that's just like one extremely skinny kid. <laughs> just the skinniest possible kid. Very tall, very skinny. <laughs> but so like I think the big thing is just like can he learn to be a polished defender? Right? If he develops absolutely nothing on offense, but becomes a polished defender, like there there's like all star potential there. There's defensive player of the year yeah. potential. Like all the talent in the world to be that kind of player if he just figures out how to be like a polished drop defender. Uh, he does have like some flashes of a mid range jumper. If he gets you know, if he gets some some kinds of um, shooting uh, boost and gets that out to three point range and becomes a thirty five percent three point shooter. Like I'm gonna doubt that he's shooting sixty two at the line, and I don't think he's taking a three. <laughs> he he didn't take anything. He took a lot of like fifteen footers, but like in the back, he took one three against Iowa State, <laughs> and I'm sure that was like a heave. Like <laughs> he's not so bad that like I'm just never gonna say never. But like again, that's probably one of the ones where it's like that's a long outcome. I don't see like I don't see much of a point to learning post moves. It just feels weird, but like. He probably is already yeah, going to be able to mash people down low enough to like punish switches. Like I don't think he's going to be like uh, Rudy Gobert, where Rudy Gobert is just like incapable of of beating a switch just by being seven hundred feet tall. But like mm-hmm. Duran is one of the easiest prospects to like figure this out for. He jumps, learns some screening craft, right? Just just learn how to set that because for some reason college kids never get taught how to set good screens, and then just become <laughs> wow. the best possible drop defender you can be. And if you learn how to switch well, along the way, fine. <laughs> I don't think they're going to. Uh, I don't think they're going to Memphis for Penny Hardaway as a basketball basics camp. So you saw that he's that like been right. cited by the NBA for like or by the NCAA oh, yeah. for like a hundred <laughs> things. A bunch of which, by the way, came before he was even coach. But like, yeah. Yep. We'll we'll see what happens in five years when they finally get to the bottom of it. By the time he's gone at Kentucky or whatever. What do you think? Do they self-impose penalties or do they just go for broke for three years? They go for broke right now. The NCAA can't do shit. Like, you go until they actually decide. It makes me laugh that there are still five stars right now where Auburn is about to get nailed with a bunch of shit. And there are still five stars that's like, I'm going to go to Auburn. It's like, what are you? Why? Come on, guys. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. It's hilarious. (laughs) Uh, Like, NIL, you can go wherever you want and get paid now. Why are you going to Auburn? Mm Mm-hmm. Auburn does pay well, I'm sure. I don't know what I don't know what Bruce Pearl's got going on down there. I'm gonna be honest. That's weird. Bags <laughs> of cash. There's bags of cash. There's bags of cash all over the place now. But all right, to get back on track, uh, what is the thing you think will hold him back and can kind of be the thing that stops him from getting success um, in the NBA? Big man defense is really hard. That's pretty much it, right? It's it's the it's yeah. the reason Marvin Bagley uh, isn't good because like. Big man defense is hard. Like some guys just do not get the geometry of it, and it never works out. Well. I think Duran is is more likely to get it than than someone like Bagley, who was like Bagley was so bad that Coach K played zone at Duke. It was like, God damn it, Marvin Bagley, I can't play defense <laughs> with you. Uh, Duran wasn't that bad. So um, 
but yeah, it's it's like okay, Duran if he's a defensive player of the year, Bam Adebayo candidate, like that dude is awesome. Duran if he's just Andre Drummond, yeah, he's just Andre Drummond. Like you know, yeah, yeah. It's it's you know maybe that's, he makes an all star cool. and once or twice and that's it. Yep, from like the mid lottery, that's a solid. <laughs> If you can draft Andre Drummond in the mid lottery, you do that every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if you if you again if you're drafting at eight and this and that's the option, you get Andre Drummond. You should be fucking ecstatic about that. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I do think he's one of the, especially in that range where it's like you see immediately how he's going to be good. Yeah, you'll and know within the first year if there's like any chance. Well, maybe not yeah, because I mean DeAndre Ayton, his first year was terrible defensively, and then Chris Paul was yeah, like, "You gonna learn, it. son," and then he became a good <laughs> defender. <laughs> yep, the Chris Paul school of how to because, defend and how to catch. Because lives. a coach telling you, "I'm going to pull you if you don't play defense," you're like, "Ha, I'm the number one pick." No, you aren't. Your point guard telling you, "I'm not giving you lobs until you play defense." Shit, now I gotta play defense. <laughs> now I gotta figure that Just out. Ask DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well yeah i think like overall like there's not much holding him back and if he does unlock that you know defensive capability which is tough in today's nba it's so guard centric and it's for a big man like trying to keep pace with the guards and make sure that you can be out there when you're switching and stuff like that that's tough so it's not gonna be something easily done but if he does manage to do it Look out. <laughs> well, and we should really do a, a, a thing on this sometime in the offseason because I wanted to talk about it with Isaiah Stewart and we never got to it. But, like, that geometry, especially playing in a drop, the geometry is different for every player, which is one mm-hmm. of the reasons it's so hard to learn and so hard to coach because you can't just watch Rudy Gobert and know how to do a drop because Rudy Gobert has a standing reach of 10,000 feet. And so, yeah. like, you just, like, Rudy there are Gobert things you can't contest the way Rudy Gobert does. And Rudy Gobert can drop back further and still contest things in a way you you can't, uh, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's just one of those things where, like, you have to be able to figure this out. You have to be able to take the reps. You have to be able to figure out what what's comfortable for you. And then you have to get your coach to buy into that. Uh, and that's not always the easiest mm. thing is getting your coach to be like, yes, this is right. We're gonna we're gonna work on this. And I'm gonna like once you know where you're dropping to, and once you once you have a confidence a confidence in that, like, then your coach is like, okay. Guys, when a ball handler gets, you know, three dribbles into the paint, we're going to dig on the ball handler, right? Or if you're a guy that needs to come up higher, it's two dribbles. Those schematic things can't get built properly until you figure out who you are as a drop defender. Uh, so it's not just a, a complex thing and a really hard thing to learn as a player. It's it's a thing that, like, a lot, and I think, I think it's a mistake of a lot of coaches where they don't realize that they're screwing their own defenders by scheming their defense wrong because they don't. They don't. They think they know that subtlety, and that they're just gonna like coach it into the guy, and they they don't let the guy learn for himself and adjust to it. So, uh, it's it's a hard balance for everybody to strike, and it usually takes two years plus. All right, I think we have sufficiently lost anyone that was still listening at this point by talking about defensive schemes. Is there anything else you have to say before we head out? Look, if they're listening to this goddamn podcast, <laughs> they'd better fucking love <laughs> defensive schemes because I'm gonna talk about it a lot. No, I think we're good. Yep. All right, well, we'll talk to you guys next week. Pistons have a couple more games. Season is almost but over. But they better fucking lose. <laughs> yeah, God damn it. Especially the big one is tomorrow night. It's a back-to-back on the road. We're not winning this game. OKC's off tonight. Hey, good vibes. Let's go, Poku. Buddy. I like the way you Let's think. Let's go, Poku. <laughs> Poku, Poku. All right, everybody. We'll All see right. you later.
Bye-bye. We'll talk to you guys last year. or <laughs> We'll talk to you guys next week. I'm not last, editing uh, that out. You're just, you're just going to have to power through that. I already said my goodbyes. You don't edit anything out. No. That's, that's, I used I'm to. Recording. I, Bye, guys. I used to. Goodbye. Today's music was made by Blank and Kit. You can find a link to their music in the description.